the five words with regard to our faith that inflame people's sensibilities more than any other, these five words, Jesus is the only way. People have a hard time with that. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to be forgiven. He's the only way to be in a right relationship with God. He's the only way to heaven. That exclusivity of Jesus is absolutely obnoxious in the hearing of most of the people in the world today. Now, though many would accept your faith and mine in the Lord Jesus, the sticking point is when we have the goal to say, no, faith in him is not just for me, it's for you too. In fact, faith in him is offered to everybody because he is the only way to heaven. It's that that incurs the wrath and the anger of most people today. These five words have the effect of dismissing, think about it, all other religious approaches to God. A number of us just got back from Israel, and when you're in Israel, its capital city in particular, Jerusalem, you can't help but being inundated by the world's religions. There's Judaism, and there's Islam, and there's Buddhism, and there's all manner of things, many Christian denominations, etc., etc. And when you say, in spite of the richness of all of these traditions, <coughs> when you say Jesus is the only way, you are in effect nullifying the genuineness and authenticity of these other religious expressions, and people go crazy. These five words, Jesus is the only way, declare that only those who believe in that declaration are absolutely right. And so declaring Jesus to be the only way sets people off. And so we're going to talk about this tonight. And the reason we are is because the text before us addresses the issue. So just to refresh your memory, the last time we were together in John's gospel, you recall, the Lord said to his intimate followers, I'm going from you. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to my father and I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many rooms. I'm going there. And the Lord Jesus made that statement on many, many occasions. And that's why he says in John chapter 14, verse 4, and you know the way where I am going. He presumes that they got it. He presumes they understood he would be departing from them to prepare a place for them and all those who believe in him in heaven. And yet this notion is so lofty and so incomprehensible, they in effect did not get it. And so Thomas in verse five, you know him, he said, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How do we know the way? And Jesus gives a very patient and very clear response to Thomas's question. And his answer is the thing that most upsets people about our faith. Again, it's the exclusivity of Jesus, the fact that there's only one way to be right with God, only one way to gain entrance into heaven. So does the Lord really make this rather narrow, perhaps to some, 
intolerant claim? The answer is yes. Look at verse six. Now this is a verse I bet we're all familiar with. Jesus said to him, I am the definite article, not a way, the way and the truth and the life. Furthermore, he said, no one comes to the Father but through me. Now, the Lord Jesus said a lot of things that got people's attention, but this is probably the most controversial thing he said. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't point people to the way. He doesn't give them a map with directions. He essentially says, I am the way. Lay hold of me. Cling to me by faith, for I am. I am the way and there is no other. He did not say he knew the way. He, he didn't say he knows the truth and knew things about life. He declared himself to be all of this. I am the way and the truth and the life. And so uh, the Lord clearly states that only one way is right and therefore by implication, every other way is wrong. In fact, the declaration that Jesus is the only way was so central to the understanding of early Christians that they referred to themselves quite proudly as members of the way. In the book of Acts, you can see that phrase repeated on six separate occasions. They didn't call themselves Baptists or Methodists or even Christians. They said, we are members of the way. They so adhered to the Lord's exclusive claims to be the way, they said, by faith, we apprehend what he's saying. We identify with the way. We are members of the way. But the claim that Jesus is the only way to heaven and that therefore there is no other way has been and always will be very, very offensive to people. So let's say somebody comes up to you sometime and in conversation says to you, do you mean to tell me that millions of devout and sincere Muslims and Buddhists and uh, Jews and Hindus and atheists, do you mean to tell me that these devout and sincere people are all going to hell merely because they have not accepted your Jesus? If someone were to approach you with that question uh, and you answered, yep, that's true, uh, if that's what you did, you would now be put into the weirdo category. I just have to let you know. So if the purpose you have in life is to win friends and influence people and to be popular, you can kiss your popularity goodbye once you say, yes, even sincere and devout Muslims and Jews and Buddhists and all the rest, yes, apart from Christ, they are all eternally separated. Yes, they're destined for hell. Once you do that, you are put in the intolerant weirdo category. Jesus is the only way to heaven. That is intolerant. And so that's the word that's thrown at us insultingly. What about the millions of sincere people who believe other things? Are you saying they are not going to heaven? What if in fact they are good people? How could a loving God not let good people into his heaven? How could God have only one path to heaven? So you see, if you want to persuade lots of people that you are a weirdo, uh, just tell them Jesus is the only way. I know you've been grappling with that question. How can I be seen to be a weirdo? This is how you do it. Tell them Jesus is the only way. Now, what if you did? What if you told somebody Jesus is the only way to God? What if you told someone that and that person said to you, how can you say that? 
If that happened, I think you should say, I, I, I didn't say that. Jesus said that. I'm just repeating what Jesus said. You didn't come up with this. In fact, it would be sheer and utter arrogance for you to propose to know the way to heaven apart from the words of Jesus and propose to force that upon someone. But that's not what you're doing. You are simply telling people what Jesus has declared to be true. So many people believe that though there is one God, there are many avenues to approach him. All roads lead to God, essentially. But Jesus did not say he is a way, amongst many others, to heaven. He said, it's pretty clear, that he is the way. So Buddha once said, find the way and follow it. But Jesus said, I am the way, follow me. Furthermore, he said, I am the truth. And what he said in those words flies in the face of what many people today believe. Have you not heard people say something like this to you? I'm glad that makes you happy. Uh, but what's true for you is not true for me. Have you heard that? That's the attitude of the day. And so there are people who reject absolute truth in favor of what we can call relativism instead. So we're in the midst of a battle between absolutism, which says there's absolute truth, and it's true for all people in every generation, as over against those who say, no, truth fluctuates from time to time, person to person. It's relative. It's very, very subjective. There's no absolute truth. That's the attitude of the day. What might be true for you is simply not necessarily true for me. Now what Jesus said flies in the face of modern day relativism because he said he is the truth for all people at all times. He said I am the way and the truth and he furthermore said I am the life and no person can come to the Father but by me. He said he alone is the very life of God and he alone can usher us into a dynamic and living relationship with the otherwise unapproachable God. And he declared that nobody could come to God the Father but by him. And so in so saying, he left room for absolutely no exceptions. In essence, Jesus said, if you want to get to God, you have to go through me. Not my words and not yours. Those are the words of Jesus. It's very narrow, let's face it. Narrow indeed. When people accuse us of that being very narrow, they're absolutely correct, sure it is. And if you bring this with you into conversation with folks around you, you are going against the popular grain because something rapidly picking up steam in our day today is what can be referred to as globalism. Perhaps you've heard the term. So we're hearing more and more about global law and one world law, you know, and global economics and global environmentalism and also global religion, which essentially says that all religions lead to God. All religions, though they have differences, are equally valid paths to the same God. 
And folks, the growing interest in global religion is pulling hard at Christianity to join in, and frankly, it's achieving some success, I'm sad to say, particularly amongst our younger people when they go off to college and get educated and are subjected to ideologies by PhDs who, though they be smart, are very unwise and darkened in their understanding. In fact, a study done uh, a few years ago by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life. They did a major study on religious beliefs and practices in the United States, uh, concluded that uh, one of the findings of the study was that 70%, think of this, of all Americans believe that many really religions can lead to eternal life. And if that isn't disturbing enough, here's one that's even more disturbing, 60 5% of those identifying themselves, not as Jews, not as Muslims, Hindus, or Buddhists, 65% of those unabashedly claiming to be Christians say, yes, there are many paths to God. Jesus is not the only way. Folks, it appears that large numbers of those claiming to be Christians are very disturbed by the exclusive and narrow claims of Christ when he declares, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father but by me. And so increasingly, religious perspectives like ours, claiming that there is only one way to God, are being increasingly considered to be intolerant and are to be extinguished in order for there to be, here's what the world is seeking, global harmony. Let's just love one another. Peace, love, and all that kind of stuff. Folks, the exclusive claims of Christ fly in the face of global religion and global harmony. But let's be sure we have an accurate understanding of what Jesus said before we have the audacity to criticize what he said. Did Jesus really say that a good person who rejects him is not going to heaven? The answer is no. He never said that. Not at all. He said something even more striking. He said there are no good people. He said the only one who is good is God by nature. People like you and I can do good things. I hope we are from time to time. But goodness is not a reflection of our inherent nature. In fact, this is. It's in Romans. You know about it. This is really our nature. It's expressed this way. For all have sinned, that's us, and fall short of the glory of God. That's human nature. So good people are going to heaven. But let me ask you a question. Do you know one? Do you know a, a person defined as good in this sense? That person has complied with the commandments of God. Have you ever lied? You are a liar. Have you ever taken that which is not yours? You are a thief. Have you ever had a desire for something or someone which you cannot righteously have? You have just violated the mandate not to covet. Good night. We're dead. Good people are going to heaven. Show me one. Show me someone who has complied with the ten, they're not suggestions, the ten commandments. There is nobody. So folks, the way to heaven is 
very much open to good people, but since nobody is good, the way to heaven is blocked for all people. And Jesus came, and he said, I came to unblock the way to heaven. And what's more, he claimed, I'm the only one who could do it. You want to know something ironic? It's this. Tolerant people think this claim of Jesus is so intolerant they can't tolerate it. Quite interesting to me. So you see, if you believe what Jesus said, and if you tell people what he said, you may be considered an arrogant, ignorant weirdo. His words just seem so narrow. But folks, the issue is not whether the claims of Jesus are narrow. The issue is whether the claims of Jesus are true. If the claims of Christ are true, then all other religious perspectives are false. If the claims of Christ are true. So is Jesus telling the truth? Well, I think he is, so do you. But how can we demonstrate that? How can we prove that what Jesus is saying is true? Have the claims of Christ been validated? The answer is yes. He claimed to be unique, and he did something extraordinarily unique to back up his claims. It's this, he died, and then he lived. And no one else has done that. I like this quotation by Lee Strobel who once spoke here not too many months ago. He said, anyone can claim to be God, but Jesus backed it up with the empty tomb. Folks, he rose up from the dead. No other pretender to the throne, no other religious leader has done that. They didn't even claim to do that. This is rather unique. Therefore, what Jesus did validates what Jesus said. That's why you and I don't have to apologize for the words of Christ. It is not mean, it's not bigoted, nor is it narrow-minded to say that Jesus is the only way if it's the truth. And it is the truth corroborated by the resurrection and the empty tomb. So then, are we saying that people of other religions cannot be saved? No, we are not saying that. We are saying that people of other religions cannot be saved by their religions. Biblical Christianity is ready to save anybody, regardless of religious background. Biblical Christianity is the most inclusive, uh, the most pluralistic, and the most accepting of any other religious perspective, because you can come into the kingdom of Almighty God through faith in Jesus Christ and remain exactly as you are. I'm a Jew who believes in Jesus. I wasn't asked to leave my Jewishness behind. A person does not have to leave racial distinctives behind, cultural distinctives behind, gender distinctives behind. A person can come just as he or she is, regardless of skin color, ethnicity, age, and all the rest, socioeconomic factors. A person can come just the way they are. And if that person by faith comes to the Father through Jesus Christ, that person has full rights and privileges as a citizen of heaven. Folks, you and I are, uh, we're a mess. I hope you don't mind me telling you that. We are, we are a mess. And we've made a mess of the otherwise perfect world that God has created. We've sinned against his holiness. And yet, though he could have wiped us all out, he didn't even withhold 
his only begotten son in order to provide us with a pardon and a means by which sinners such as you and I could gain entrance into heaven. We shouldn't be thinking, we shouldn't have the audacity to say, oh God, that you have one way is so unacceptable and narrow. No, instead we ought to be jumping up and down and screaming hallelujah that God has any way to be forgiven, pardoned, and reconciled to him at all. The way to heaven is not through a religious system. It's not through adherence to religious rituals. The way to heaven is not within you or me. We don't have the human potential to get ourselves there. The way to heaven is not going to be obtained through our even sincere efforts. Jesus declared, it's pretty simple, I am the way and the truth and the life. And with response to that marvelous statement, Thomas Akempis, some of you are familiar with him, said this, without the way, there is no going. And without the truth, there is no knowing. And without the life, there is no growing. Folks, though, telling people about Jesus may bring upon us uh, people's wrath and insult we must not stop because some of those people are going to hear and believe and be ushered into the kingdom. The greatest privilege entrusted to us is to represent the claims of Jesus Christ. They're not ours, they are his. They are entrusted to us. We do not have to apologize for him. We do not have to defend him. We simply have to declare this is what Jesus said. I remember my brother-in-law, now deceased, um, cornered me uh, after I came to know Christ and visited my family in New York. And I remember him saying, do you have the audacity to say that all of our six million people who perished during the Holocaust merely because they didn't know Jesus, do you mean to say they are forever going to burn in, in hellfire? What do you say? What do you say? I said, uh, <laughs> and, and he said to me, I just want a yes or no answer. Just answer me yes or no. And I told him, listen, you have every right to ask me any question you want, but you have no right to define the nature of my response. If you're gonna limit me to a yes or no answer, our conversation is ended, let's talk about something else. He said, well, go ahead, I just don't want to be preached at. That's what he said. <clears throat> and I told him, you're acting like you have compassionate concern for those before us who have passed away. Nobody has as much concern for people as is the God who created them, fashioned them in his own image, and did everything he could to make it possible for them to be saved. Folks, our number one problem is alienation from God. We need a savior and Jesus is the savior. Folks, that is the answer. Don't try so hard to fit in, to be tolerated, that you minimize, compromise, and dilute the very clear, yes, narrow claim of Jesus. Truth, by definition, is narrow, and it limits alternatives. Jesus said there is no other approach to God. Listen, we were in Israel, and you see clergy people with all manner of vestments and hats and beards and all kinds of things. They look magnificent for crying out loud. Uh, we cannot question their zeal and their sincerity. 
Uh, but I remember reading about my people in Romans. Paul says they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with truth. For seeking to establish their own righteousness, they have rejected the means by which we can be in right standing with Almighty God. Jesus said, I am the way by which you can be right with my Father. Again, that God has provided any way at all ought to overwhelm us with joy and thanksgiving till the time of his return. So folks, in this day and age, when we are being uh, enticed into globalism, let's just get along. Let's just say all roads lead to Rome. You take this path, I take this, that path. It cannot be true. Have you seen this bumper sticker, Coexist? And it has symbols of all these different religious groups. It's, it bothers me. I feel, like, I feel like plowing into the car in front of me. But that's not good. I think it would blow my testimony if I did that. I'm just, that's what I feel. But, but, because just forget about the Bible just for a second. Just by logic, they cannot be all right. They can't exist because they make entirely antagonistic claims one to the other. I'll tell you what every religious perspective has in common and that distinguishes them from the biblical perspective. Every other religious perspective is a do-it-yourself approach to God. Any ism, Judaism, Buddhism, Islam, any, it's, all, it's all a do-it-yourself approach. You climb the ladder of good deeds, hoping in the end your good deeds will outweigh your bad deeds. Biblical Christianity is the other thing. All the religions of man reaching up to God and realizing sometimes, my arms are too short, I cannot access him. Biblical Christianity goes in the other direction. It's God extending himself down to us, condescending, becoming enfleshed for us and saying, you don't have to do it yourself. Uh, biblical Christianity is a done-for-you approach to God. Folks, we don't, have to be, we don't have to be ashamed about it. Be careful about it. Teach your kids and grandkids before they go off to school and get hooked into global harmony and all that other kind of stuff. Jesus told the truth and validated his claims by rising up from death. Do what, you see that couple right there? The, those are the rebels right there. Jody, did I wake you up? Okay. Okay, buddy, I'm just, I'm just, listen, they have a beautiful daughter, she's six, her name is Chloe. She's gonna be baptized, Lord willing, right there, December 2nd, six years old. Those parents led their daughter to Christ. Those parents, that's our job, folks. We have got to build these faith convictions into the lives of our young people now because the statistics are terrible when they leave. They don't go to church. They embrace globalism and, and, and fitting in, holding hands, singing kumbaya seems to be more of a value than anything. Tolerance is the value today, but truth is the key value in the Bible. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. He is the truth. If Jesus said it, how does it go? I believe it, and that, yeah, folks, don't, don't let the encroaching pressure of the global world system upon us cause us to compromise. What Jesus said was validated by what Jesus did. When we were in Israel recently, we went to a couple sites where are the supposed sites of the crucifixion and resurrection of the Lord. 
I don't know which one is the actual one and I refuse to get into those arguments. The point is, he rose up from death, wherever the tomb is in which he was entombed is left entirely empty. I love the symbols on our campus, don't you? It's not just the cross. If all we have is the cross, we are in trouble. It's the cross in the empty tomb. It means life after death, Jesus being the first fruits thereof, and those of us who believe in him follow suit, for he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I want to be increasingly uh, willing to state the narrow, exclusive, yet true claims of Christ because every lunatic in the world seems to be boldly proclaiming his and her false statements. Folks, let's not be ashamed. Listen, I want to tell you something. I want to ruin it for you. We're not going to fit in. We're not going to be acceptable to the world community. We stick in the craw of people today who are opting for global harmony because we opt for truth rather than agreeing on that which is not true. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The answer to the question, do you mean sincere others apart from Christ will be forever apart from God? Folks, the answer is yes, that is true. In fact, the Lord Jesus said, there's only two options. He who has the Son has eternal life, and he who does not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. Can you see how serious the message is? That's the one that's entrusted to us to unashamedly share. And if you have not yet taken a serious look at the claims of Christ, If you have not yet said, oh God, I recognize Lord Jesus, you are the mediator between me and an otherwise approachably holy God. I recognize that my sins have separated me from him and that you are the mediator and you built a bridge between me and him. If you have not yet recognized Jesus to be your personal savior, I pray you would spend a few minutes with us tonight before we take leave of one another in the Connection Center so we can chat with you and talk to you about the claims of Christ. Lord Jesus, we bow before you and none other because you did things none other did. You did not leave us with a blind leap from logic to faith. It's very logical for us to look at the evidences of your uniqueness. You rose from the dead. And based on that, we see validation of your words. You said, if you want to be right with the Father, you have to come through me. If you want to be forgiven, you have to take me on as your Savior. If you want to gain entrance into heaven, you have to come through me. It's a simple message. Even a six-year-old can understand and believe it. And I pray with enthusiasm, oh God, we would go out even this week taking advantage of the opportunities you've given to tell people of what you said. You said, I am the way and the truth and the life and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for providing a surefire means by which we can be assured of heaven and forgiveness and adoption into your family. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.